And we do appreciate that good congregational singing. Amen. We appreciate the choir special. And Steve has often reminded us that we thank God for all the instruments and the special music along the way. But nothing can take the place of the congregational singing when all of our hearts are together worshiping the Lord. Amen. Thank you for that good singing. Open your Bibles with me to Psalms. And after you find the book of Psalms, go to Psalm 139. And while you're turning there, we'll dismiss the children up through age 8. All the children up through age 8. If you'd like to go to children's church, all the children up through age 8. Down through the years and over the last year, we often find ourselves referring to Psalm 139. And uh, I thought perhaps today it would be good if we go back and uh, I'd like to just read through the psalm if you'll follow along and uh, just get a picture of the whole message of the entire psalm here, Psalm 139. And uh, in the world that we find ourselves living in, and I suppose I could say this about most of the scripture, if not all of it, it's like a breath of fresh air. As we find one, we believe we, we accredit David for writing this psalm as he was led by the Holy Spirit. But whether whoever the psalmist was, the truth of the psalm remains the same. And uh, a man who had a real, true relationship with God. If you got your Bibles open to Psalm 139, I'll begin reading with verse 1. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. And thou compasseth my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely 
Thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, as we pray so often, we pray today, God, that you would help us to just be able to put aside the thoughts and cares of life for a few minutes and help us to just give our attention to your word. May the Holy Spirit give us freedom and liberty. And Lord, help us to learn something, to be reminded of something. Most of all, God, be able to take the wisdom of your word, the truth of your word, and apply it to our lives today, from the youngest to the oldest here. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You'll notice in the first verse of this psalm that the psalmist acknowledges the fact that he serves and worships a God that knows all about him. He says in verse 1, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Now the truth is, there's not a person on this planet today that God doesn't know. As a matter of fact, God knows more about you than you know about yourself. Unfortunately, a lot of people just aren't aware of that or they deny that. But aren't you glad you have a God today that knows all about you? But not only in the first verse does the psalmist acknowledge that, by the time you get to the end of the chapter, the last two verses, beginning with verse 23, he welcomes God to search him and know him. As a matter of fact, he invites God. Look at verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Wow. Now think about that. We're going to go back and look at this psalm. The psalmist here at the end in verse 23 says, God, search me. Search me. Wow. (laughs) Bring CNN, bring the FBI, bring the CIA, Lord. It's just, hey, just... Wow, but to invite God to search you who knows every thought, everything, beginning from the end. Wow. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. Test me. Wow. To have enough trust and faith in God To say, God, you can bring any test, whatever, whether it's a mountaintop blessing or a heartbreak in the valley, whatever, God, you have to do to prove me and test me to make me into what you want me to be. That takes a lot of trust and faith, doesn't it? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. Test me, prove me, 
and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We were talking in Sunday school this morning and when Brother John led us in the offertory prayer, he made reference to this. Uh, Boy, we're living in, to say the least, difficult times in America, aren't we? In our culture. Uh, Many believe that we're no longer living in a Christian society. Some believe we've never really lived in a Christian society. Some believe that we're now living in a post-Christian society and so forth. Now, whichever view you take and whatever position you take, I think we would all agree that we see open rebellion against God and pride and stubbornness and in your face. And, uh, just and There are so many examples we could give. And just in the past few days, we've seen some of our representatives and leaders up in our nation's capital who recommended that when our leaders from now on take the oath of office, they can eliminate the word, so God help me. Wow. Why did why are we at that place? Because over the past few years, locally and statewide and nationally, we've put people into office who are we used to call them communists and socialists. They're not they don't only believe the Bible, they don't even believe the Constitution. And we're at the place where a nation where we're electing people like that and put is God going to judge America? I sort of think he is. Sort of think he is. And so every day of our lives, every week, we're bombarded with the news and the newspaper and we see these things. And we see more and more rebellion against God. Shutting God out, kicking the Bible out, just in your face violating the principles of God's word. Is that not true? Am I exaggerating? I don't think so, am I? And we're seeing it more and more. But isn't it refreshing to open up our Bibles to Psalm 139 and find one who's totally opposite of the grace and mercy of God and say, oh God, thou hast searched me and known me. And then come to the place in his life where he can say only by the grace and mercy of God, God, I invite you to search me. I want you to know my heart. And God, I want you to try me and see and reveal to me the wickedness in my own heart and life. And then God, I want you to lead me down the path of righteousness and godliness. I don't know about you, but that's to me like a drink of fresh water and a breath of fresh air in the midst of the rebellion and stubbornness and sin that we see in our world and sometimes God even reveals in our own hearts and lives. Is that not true? Now, before we go down through this psalm, I want you to turn over a few pages in your Bible to Jeremiah chapter 17. Now, hold your place in Psalm 139 and turn over to Jeremiah chapter 17. And Brother Rodney made reference to this scripture in Sunday school this morning. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9. We often refer to this verse and make reference to it, but I want you to see it. I want you now, I appreciate 
Steve on Sunday nights. He's more technological than I am, and he puts these verses up on the screen for us, and and uh, I, I ought to get more involved in that, because sometimes for lack of time, we make reference to the verses, and we don't have the time to look them all up, and boy, he can just, he flashes them right up there on the screen for us, and, and I haven't got smart enough to do all that yet. He He said he'd be willing to teach me, but it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, you know. But anyway, I want you to read this verse this morning. Look at Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9. The heart, now that's what Psalm 139 begins with and ends with. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Talking about that old sin nature of ours, that old flesh. But the next verse says, verse Jeremiah 17, verse 10, answers the question, the Lord searches, I, the Lord, search the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. If you go back with me to Psalm 139, the Bible says sometimes we don't even know our own heart and motives sometimes. But we have a God who's willing to search our hearts and try us and test us and prove us and reveal to us and lead us in the paths of righteousness and godliness. Now the psalmist begins, as I said in verse 1, by acknowledging that God had searched his heart and knew him. And now down through this psalm, the psalmist begins to remind us of some wonderful attributes of our God. Some qualities of God. We serve a great God today, don't we? And the first one he reminds us of is what theologians call the omniscience of God. Omniscience, all-knowing. We serve a God who knows everything. Now, sometimes we Baptists act like we know everything, don't we? But we don't. Look at this. Look at the omniscience of God. What a God we serve. In verse 2, the psalmist said, Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought. Afar off, it's like, God, you know, you, you know, you know what I'm going to think before I even think it. He beats your thought, doesn't he? Verse 3, Thou compasseth my path, my lying down, and God, thou art acquainted with all my ways. Now, there, you could take each one of these phrases if God would give us wisdom and just go to town on it. Thou art acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me it is high, I cannot attain unto it. He's saying, such knowledge is too, it's almost too marvelous for me to even begin to comprehend, O oh God, your omniscience, that you are that acquainted with me and know the minute details. As a matter of fact, you knew it all before the foundation of the world. He said to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were even conceived and born in your mother's womb. Now my brain's starting to smoke right there. How about you? That's the omniscience of God. Now I'll tell you what, boy, that's a comfort, isn't it? But wow, 
That's a challenge and a caution, isn't it? That God knows you and God knows me that way. And there are so many scriptures in the Gospel of John chapter 1. Did you know it was, it was this omniscience of Jesus Christ that convinced Nathaniel that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah? Because when Jesus saw Nathaniel, Jesus said, Hey, an Israelite! A Jew in whom is no God. I have found me an Israelite who's honest and sincere and there's no hypocrisy or God. Now he wasn't saying that Nathaniel was sinlessly perfect, but he said, I found a man who within no God and hypocrisy. And Nathaniel said, how'd you know that about me? And Jesus said, well, Nathaniel, I saw you down there sitting under that tree before Peter ever came to tell you about me. And Nathaniel said, Thou art the Messiah. Thou art, wow, a demonstration of his knowledge. It thrilled Nathaniel's heart that he had that knowledge of him. In John chapter 2, the very next chapter, the Bible says there were certain people that believed in Christ, in Jesus, but Jesus would not commit himself to them because he knew what was in them. Now, some Bible teachers believe that what that was saying, they weren't really saved. They believed in Jesus in the sense that he was a good teacher, a good prophet, an honest man, and all this, but Jesus knew they did not believe in the sense that they were repenting of their sins and trusting Christ as their Savior, so he did not commit him. Did you know the Bible, the Apostle James says even the devils believe to a certain extent. It's not enough just to believe certain things about Jesus. Have you believed in him in the sense that you're believing on him, you're trusting on him to forgive you of your sins and be your Savior? Amen. But Jesus knows. And by the way, the Bible says he knows those that are his and those that are his shall depart from iniquity, he said. Jesus knows who's saved and who's not saved. Jesus knows all about us. The word the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13 that the word of God slices us apart and we're all open and naked with him with whom we have to do. You can't hide anything from God. Now that ought to be a comfort, but it also be a challenge, shouldn't it? And a caution. So David, <laughs> David says, Lord, you're omniscient. You, you've, you, 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 thou hast searched me and known me. And Lord, the truth is, yes, it's a caution, but it's almost too good to be true. That I serve a God who loves me that much that he's acquainted. Matter of fact, I believe Jesus put it this way, that not a hair can fall from your head without your heavenly Father taking notice of that. Amen? But now let's hurry on. Now beginning in verse 7, he starts talking about another wonderful attribute of our God. Not only is he omniscient, but he's omnipresent. All present. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. You can't run and hide from God. You can hide in God. God makes a wonderful hiding place, amen. But you can't run. Jonah found that out, didn't he? You can't run from God. So look what the psalmist says in verse 7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? 
Well, if I went to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, and whether that's talking about the lake of fire or whether that's talking about death, the place of the dead, uh, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea. Many Bible teachers believe that the, the Hebrew phrase, thy wings of the morning, has to do if I could get on the beam of the sunlight and, and travel, how much the psalmist knew about this, I don't know. Today we talk about the, the speed of light. If I could travel at the speed of light, I couldn't get away from you, God. I can't outrun you. Verse 10, even there shalt thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. There's the omnipresence of God. You may have walked in this building today and you may be, I mean, your, your bills are paid, you're healthy. I mean, goodness gracious, you're on cloud 19 doing the Dr. Pepper jump. And you know God's with you. You may have come in here this morning and your heart's heavy. And right now you're telling yourself nobody knows your troubles but you and God. Well, I'll tell you what, long as God knows, that's the most important thing, isn't it? The psalmist had realized that God knows it all. And God's everywhere present. The mountaintop, the valley, living or dying. God's with Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you always. Do we believe that? Now notice a third attribute real quick, beginning in verse 13. And that's what theologians call the omnipotence of God. He's omniscient, he's all-knowing, he's omnipresent, he's all-present, and he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful. All authority and all power belongs to God. And the illustration that the psalmist uses, one of so many illustrations, but the illustration the psalmist is going to use demonstrating the power and authority of God is the creation of a human being in the mother's womb. Look at this. And this is usually the passage that we so often refer to when we turn to this chapter, and rightfully so, but it's good sometimes to get the whole picture in and see what a great God we serve. Look at verse 13. The psalmist says, For thou hast possessed my reins. The word possessed there, and by the way, I, all I can do is kind of like the old country preacher said, I can give you a spoonful of ice cream. If you want any more, you're going to have to go dig it out yourself. Amen. And well, there's, But I challenge you, you know, you, you may be familiar with these verses and you may have read them and heard somebody quote them, but I challenge you to go study this word for word. Dig into it. Just an ocean full of truth here. The word possessed there in verse 13 has to do with creation and ownership. God, for, for God, remember now, David's talking about God. He says, God, verse 3, For thou hast possessed, thou hast created, thou hast owned my reins. And the Old Testament word translated reins there has to do with your emotions, your mind, your feelings, your very inner being. God's even concerned about your thoughts, your, your feelings, your emotions. You know, we're, we're, can I just say it this way? We're all wired different, aren't we? And some of us may even have a wire too loose somewhere. I don't know, you know. I'm not sure what normal is, do you? But you know what? God knows all about it. 
God created us, amen, different personalities, all this. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. And the word covered there, if you study it, it means to weave something. Like you weave a basket, or you weave cloth, and so forth. It's a picture there of God in his omnipotence putting something together, even your emotions, even your feelings. Verse 14, the psalmist says, I will praise thee. (laughs) Well, boy, we've got something to praise God for this morning. By the way, isn't it bad that only people like David can say this and you and I can't say it about, no. Did you know God knows you just as much as he did the psalmist? God's with you and me. God formed you and I. It's true of every one of us, isn't it? And David said in verse 14, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. And we believe that's, of course, is a reference to the womb there in secret, in the womb, and curiously, skillfully. That word there implies divine skill. Wow. God that spoke the universe. Maybe universe is plural for all I know. You go back and read the story of creation and God did this and God did that. And then as one preacher reminded us one time, as you're reading through the story of creation, it's just like, and then the Bible says, and oh, by the way, just casually, God put all the stars out there also. Wow, just like, you know, that was, oh, oh by the way, I'll just, I'll just add all this to it, you know. Wow, what a God. <laughs> and this God, divinely, skillfully, I was wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, verse 15. Again, we believe a reference to the womb. Verse 16, thine eyes did see my substance. Now, you find the English word substance in verse 15. And you find the word substance in verse 16. But if you look up the Hebrew, which the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the word that's translated substance in verse 16 is a different word. As a matter of fact, it's only in this one verse. One verse. And it comes from, when he said in verse 16, thine eyes did see my substance, it comes from a Hebrew word which implies something that's sort of balled up like a ball. A mass of something. We would call it an embryo in a mother's womb. Now watch this. Verse 16. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect. It hadn't fully developed yet. Isn't that amazing, folks? It's amazing. Yet being unperfect or not fully developed. And in thy book, O God. Now whether God has a literal book or whether this was a Hebrew way of saying in God's mind, God didn't, I'm finding out more and more, I need to write things down. And then I forget where the writing is. 
Now, whether God has a literal book or whether this is just a Hebrew way of saying, God has it written down. He doesn't forget. In thy book, the psalmist said, all my members were written from the beginning of conception that embryo, that fetus, right on through whatever terms you want to use, the psalmist was convinced that it was the omnipotent power and authority of God that was forming him. And God knew it all from the very beginning. Verse 16, Thine eyes did see my substance yet been unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Did you know my heavenly Father knew how many freckles I was going to have on my face as that little old freckle-faced boy growing up? I say that because I noticed some of my grandchildren have, some of our grandchildren have freckles on their face, and I joke them about that. Call them love spots. We called them suntan spots through the screen door when we were growing up, but people don't have screen doors like that anymore. God knew. Listen, God knew every detail about you. Not only while He was forming you in the womb, but before the foundation of the earth. Amen. God, <laughs> my brain's smoking. How about you? No wonder the psalmist said, Oh Lord, it's too marvelous. Too marvelous for me to grasp and understand and I lift my heart and praise to you. In verse 17 he goes on to say, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand when I awake. I am still with thee. God, who am I? Who are you? That God, what is man? Oh God, what is man that thou takest thought of him? What love, what mercy, what grace. Wow. Omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent. Lo, I'm with you always to the end of the world. On the mountain, in the valley, everywhere in between. Omnipotent, a heavenly father with all power and all authority. Now notice the psalmist reminds us of another. And by the way, there, there are others you can dig out of our other attributes of God as well. I've just mentioned three. But would you notice another one? The righteous indignation of God. The holiness of God. Watch the wrath of God. Look at verse, 18, verse 19. The psalmist said, Surely, that's a covenant word. Surely, O God, Thou wilt slay the wicked. Depart from me, therefore. And I thought it was interesting that the psalmist worded it this way. Depart from me, therefore ye bloody men. That's a reference to people who've lost sight of the sacredness and the sanctity of human life. Whether it's in the womb or out of the womb. Amen? Are you with me this morning? Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men, for these, they speak against you, God. They speak against you wickedly, and thy enemies take thy name in vain. 
Now that's why in the beginning I made reference. Every day of our lives now, we're bombarded with it, aren't we? Our own government. Now, folk, we need to pray for one another. People need the Lord. People need the gospel. People need salvation. The governor of New York. And on and on we can go. And unfortunately, even some people sitting on the pews of our churches claiming to be Christians. Verse 21, the psalmist said, Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And we struggle with that because we're taught to love our enemies. And you know, the problem with me today is I understand so little about the real holiness and righteousness of God. I really do. There's, there's a right kind of anger. Be angry and sin not. There's a holy kind of hatred. We ought to hate what God's hate. Now, we don't hate people. I could see somebody getting a hold of, of this recording and, and label us, you know, but uh, take something out of context. But I tell you what, we ought to hate sin and wickedness and rebellion against God as much as God hates it. Amen. And we struggle with that sometimes, loving the sinner and reaching out in love and compassion, and yet at the same time having the holy hatred for wickedness and rebellion against God and sin as God hates. And the psalmist said, "Do not," verse 21, Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee, and am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee. And here we are in our society, our nation, and it seems like when we think, boy, can it get any worse? It just gets worse and worse. And we're seeing more and more of it. And may God help us to have the same heart attitude that the psalmist had. We serve a wonderful God, but He's a holy, righteous God, isn't He? And then David comes to the place again in verse 23 where he says, Oh God, search me. Search me, O oh God. <laughs> And know my heart because the prophet Jeremiah said sometimes my heart is deceitful and I don't even know my own heart. So God, I open myself up to you. Oh, that God would bring me to that place this morning. That God would bring each of us to the place where we would give ourselves completely to God and say, oh God, my thoughts, my motives, Lord, just sir, put the spotlight on me. Help me to get into the Word of God and may the Holy Spirit take your Word and slice me open. And Oh God, show me myself. Show me what you see, oh God. Show me what you see. Search me and try me. God told the Israelites, I've brought you this way and I brought you this way to prove you and to test you to see if you would obey me or not. To see if you would love me or not. We have a Heavenly Father that knows what blessings to bring, what heartaches to bring. Why? Because He knows where we need to be tested, where we need to be tempered, to strengthen our faith, to prove our love, and so forth. And David said, in the midst of all this, oh God, search me and try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. And oh God, lead me in the way of everlasting life. And so I say what I said in Sunday school this morning. All that God would bring us to the place 
where we're that committed and submitted to an open examination of God, while we're confronting sin in our society, while we're, and rightfully so, and, and, and I'm like you, I struggle sometimes, if not out loud under my breath, I call names. I'm not talking about bad things, haters of God and, and reprobates and things like this. And, and yet at the same time, your heart reaches out, you realize, but for the grace of God, where would we be? And while we're doing that, may we ask God to search our hearts. We need a revival in this country. We need a revival. And revival is not going to begin with unsaved people, the unsaved. Now they need redemption, they need salvation, but revival begins with God's people. And so while we're preaching the gospel to the lost and while we're trying to speak the truth in love and, 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 and take a stand against all this wickedness and rebellion against God in our society, may we ask God as David did Oh, to have a real relationship with our God and lay ourselves on the altar and say, God, search me and try me, prove me. And oh, God, lead me in my own individual life in the paths of righteousness and godliness. Is that the desire of your heart today? Oh, that God would bring each of us to the place where we say, oh, God, not my will, but thine be done. Wow. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Our Father, today we thank you that we can not only know about you, but like the psalmist of old, we can have a vibrant, living relationship with you. You know us as you knew David. You're with us. Your omnipotent powers at work in our lives, your mercy and grace. You knew us before the foundation of the world. You formed us in our mother's womb. And oh God, how gracious you've been to us. And may we like the psalmist say, Lord, search us and try us and lead us. Do a work in our hearts and lives. Fill us with your spirit. And use us in these days in which we're living to be a godly influence, to be salt and light, to speak the truth in love in our lives, in our homes, our workplace, our communities. Lord, is the choir saying, Oh God, in your mercy and grace, use us to make a difference, to make a difference for good and godliness in this nation of ours. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do in Jesus' name. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would you stand with me this morning? While you're standing with heads bowed, would you pray for yourself right now? Pray for the folks standing around you. And while the pianist plays softly on the piano, just a verse or two. God knows my heart today. God knows your heart. God knows whether you're saved or not. If there's a doubt or a question mark, God knows it. God loves you. He wants you to come to Christ today. I want you to get that thing settled. Our old stinking pride gets in the way sometimes, doesn't it? Yes, it does. If God's revealed to you today that you're not a true born-again Christian or there's a doubt or a question mark there, get that thing settled. That's the most important thing in this life. If you're here today and 
that's your situation, one of our ladies or one of our men would love to pray with you and help you. That's the whole purpose of the invitation. No obligation to our church. and We just want to help you get that set. If that's your need, would you just find your way to the nearest aisle and I'll meet you down here at the front and you just tell me what's on your heart. Say, preacher, I don't know whether I'm a born-again Christian or not. Would you get that thing settled right now? Let someone come to Jesus. Come to Jesus today and be saved. Young people, mom, dad, grandpa, grandma. Can we let God bring us to the place like David, the psalmist of old, to say, Lord, search me, try me. See if there be any wicked way in me. Make me more like Jesus. Oh, lead me in every decision I make, every moment of my life. Lead me in the way of righteousness and godliness and everlasting life. May that be the desire of our heart. May that be the desire of our heart in these times in which we're living. And God could truly use us to be light, salt, speak the truth in love, to be a godly influence in our nation in times where it seems like, well, as we say, the devil's having a heyday. But God's doing a mighty work. Jesus is building His church. Souls are being saved. And ask the pianist just to play one more verse while we're praying and searching our own hearts and lives and doing business with God. If we can help you at all, Would you step out and come right where you stand, pray and make the decisions that count for time and eternity. But if we can help you, we can help you. You come right now. Father, we thank you today for the truth of your word, and I just pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will take each of us today and give us wisdom to take what we've been reminded of and apply to our lives, and Lord, we truly, with the psalmist, lift our hearts in praise to you. It's it's so marvelous beyond our comprehension, but we accept it by faith. We thank you, God, for who you are and that you are involved in every area of our lives, or at least you desire to be, if we're willing to let you have your willing way. And may that become a reality for us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Good day. God bless you. If we can be of any help to you at all, please let us know.